we're recording. What the hell are we going to talk about? How I'm Keith Kelfus in the No Bitch Zone. That's it. And you're? I'm Bobby Walker with the Untrapped Podcast. <laughs> and we, we want to remind you guys of one. I think I think we just started. That was that was the beginning, right? Oh, yeah. All right. So we just want to remind you all of one thing. Don't be a bitch. Don't be a bitch in the No Bitch Zone. Keith, do you know what a bitch is? Yeah, it's a code word for victim. Yeah, exactly. A bitch is someone that doesn't pursue their goals or their dreams because of their own fears or because of what other people may say, think, or do. And uh, at the end of the day, it's someone that doesn't have personal accountability. So don't be a bitch. Be the guy that goes out there, chases the dreams, achieves the goals. And uh, honestly, it doesn't even matter if you achieve them. It just matters if you're, you're running towards them. So that's, that's the no bitch zone. That's awesome. Yeah. And my podcast... With the Untrapped podcast, and we've got Quentin Howell, here, Quentin Howell here from Digital Dream Studios. Yeah. I got that down. Hey, hey. What's up? Yeah. I, God, I hate his voice. Can we turn him down <laughs> or something? This is... I'll back the microphone. <laughs> no, no. You sound great. I'm just like, you got our little, like, tinny, empty voices, then you then you got Barry White over here that just sounds sexy, so... <laughs> you really do have a deep voice, Quentin. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and, and my podcast is actually called Journey of a New Entrepreneur. It's just the home of the No Bitch Zone, so... Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, let's let's just set the stage for everyone here. Is that cool? Oh yeah. So so right now in this moment we're in Orlando, Florida. We're actually setting in the office of TRT Pressure Washing and Window Cleaning, uh, rated the top pressure washing company in the country wow. according to my own website. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, but now we're sitting here and and uh, Keith just got done speaking at the IWCA event this morning and honestly just gave me the privilege of coming. And hanging out over here, and I got to met, uh, meet Quentin for the first time, which is cool because I've seen your work online. So we're just sitting here, just kind of chilling, talking, and we thought, man, let's record a podcast. Let's do this thing. We both have podcasts. And uh, fun fun fact for all of Keith Keith's listeners, because my listeners know this already because I've shared the story a kajillion times, but we're, we're having this conversation because of Keith. You know, every, everything that's happening right now, this building we're in and the wrapped cars and trucks out front and back and the warehouse and the logos on the wall and the fact that my life changed forever and I've got people that, that are helping me get to where I need to be. It happened, oh gosh, well, it was four years ago. I'll give the short version of the story. I was sick and tired of my career and I was looking for like a side gig to start and, and make it my main gig. And, um, I stumbled across some, you know, some little, uh, little, I said affectionately, you're just cute and little Keith, some little guy <laughs> on YouTube, uh, big personality, just a little guy and, uh, stumbled across a video of someone saying, here's how you can start a window cleaning company for no money. And I thought, well, that's interesting. The no money part because window cleaning is definitely beneath me, you know? <laughs> so I thought, and I watched this little 10 minute video of some dude walking into a home Depot saying, Here's how you can do it. Buy these four things. He walked out front, said, here's a window. Charge, you know, three bucks for a window that looks like that. I saw the video, and I thought, huh, I'd never clean windows because, again, I'm, I'm far too good for such a thing. And um, pride cometh before a fall. Um, I told my son who walked by, I said, watch this video. This is crazy stuff. I, if I lost my job tomorrow, this is what I would do to, to figure it out. And sure as shit. About two hours later, I got a phone call and found out I was losing my job. So the next morning, my son and I drove to Home Depot. We pulled out Keith's video. We watched the video. We bought two of everything. And 
we've done uh, we're not lighting the world on fire but we've changed our lives and uh we've sprayed up almost two million dollars of water on people's houses since then so it's been a pretty cool deal and um Keith, you uh, you were the the catalyst, and I appreciate it. So so to be here in my office with Keith effing Kalfas is like poetic, you know. Just to like, oh my God, that's like the guy. You know, I would just tell my office manager, I'm like, this is the guy. He's why you got a job. This is, this is awesome. <laughs> so thank you, man. You, you and I know you hear these stories all the time because I've seen them online about you all the time. And uh, I know it's got to feel good when you hear them, and it should, and you've earned it because you've helped change a lot of lives, and um, you're you're a very um, you're just a, a real person that that lets people look in, and and frankly, a lot of my style, uh, again, for the people that don't know me, the people on Keith's show here, uh, my style is the uh, well, first the no BS approach, um, but two letting people see how the sausage is made, you know, like the, the bad stuff. And you were a big influence on that because you do that with your stuff. And you'll, you'll, you'll have a, a one hour video where you're just kind of ranting and crying about how shitty your day's been. And that's like the most valuable stuff to like new entrepreneurs, mm. because when you're a new entrepreneur, you feel lonely and you also only see what other people want you to see and other people only want you to see the highlight reel so whenever you start searching to to solve that loneliness as an entrepreneur and you get on facebook or you go to youtube or whatever trying to find other like-minded people everyone's just sharing the highlight reel so you know right now as we're recording this pretty much everyone in the window cleaning industry and, and even lawn care i'm sure too and everywhere uh their season's just now starting or it's about to start. It's springtime. And it's real easy to uh, pull up Facebook and see people say, the phone won't stop ringing. Oh, my God. I can't keep up with all the calls, you know. And I'm sitting here, and I'm, look I'm looking at my board. We're a, we're a, a big, small company or a, a small, medium-sized company. But, you know, I've got about 62K on the books. We're two-thirds of the way through the month here. We can keep up with all the phone calls. And I'm thinking, what's wrong with me? You know, but the same guys that want to brag about, you know, I can't keep up with the calls are the ones that are calling us behind the scenes asking for help. And, and what sucks, I hope I'm kind of rabbit trailing here and I know I'm mm, just like dominating good. the beginning of this conversation. Oh, keep going. But what sucks about it is <sighs> it's not, that person's not just faking it till you make it, if you will. They're not, you know, because what their, their goal most of the time is probably to put a strong front forward to help themselves with their own discouragement their own you know, fear and loneliness but what happens is it communicates to every other person out there that's normal dealing with the struggles wow i must suck because i can i could take a bunch of calls this month or this week or or whatever and um so the whole point being keith you're a real guy you've influenced me to be a real guy and i always try to focus on you know like the failures and the struggles because i think that's what gives the real guys out there, the, the wind in them, their cells, you know, even though you would think it would be the motivational talk, the motivational talks do help. But whenever you can see the guy giving the motivational speech that had some tears in his eyes yesterday, because, you know, someone kicked your dog or you yell at your wife or you, the kids were stupid and you threatened them or the, or the, 
the customer doesn't want to pay you or, you know, the quote unquote $99 guy keeps getting you down, it's really easy to turn into a bitch and, and ball up and quit. So I say all that to say, Keith, I fucking love you, bro. And, uh, I, I appreciate what you do and, and your emphasis that are your impact in my life. So. Bro, I don't even know what to say to that. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're here in my freaking office, and you sat in my chair, and it's like I'm never going to wash this chair again. <laughs> <laughs> so, for anyone that may not know, any of my listeners, they, I mean, they know you, but they might not. Who the hell's Keith Kalfas? Nice, Keith Kalfas. Never heard of him. You're asking me. I'm asking you. I I just told people who I was. Well, you, you know. You know, it's funny. There's this kind of a Zen question. It's, uh, who are you, where are you, and what time is it? Hmm. So if someone asks who you are, you say, well, I'm Keith Kelfus. It's, well, I didn't ask you what your name is. I said who you are. Okay, well, I'm a window cleaner. I do, I'm a landscaper. I didn't ask you what you do. I said who you are. Like, who are you, I mean. And then you finally get down to, uh, I am. Hmm. I just am. I just am. And then uh, the next question. I feel like we should have all smoked something before we started having <laughs> <a> conversation. <laughs> or maybe I'm just late to the party. I don't know. But anyway, carry on. <laughs> uh, they say, where are you? What do you mean? I'm in Orlando, Florida. I didn't ask you what state or city. Or yeah. Where are you? And finally you say, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I am here. I am present. What time is it? Well, it's uh, it's uh, 1227 p.m. I didn't say what the clock said. What time is it? And finally, you get to the point where you're saying, oh, the time is now. I am here now. Hmm. And So what's that mean? Hmm? What's that mean? Well, when uh, I'm really trying to get out of ideology, and I was trapped in a lot of ideology uh, growing up, and there's like Keith 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, and these different versions of yourself keep you trapped from going to the next level, or quote-unquote, uh, don't be a bitch, don't be a victim, these type mm-hmm. of thoughts. And I remember, you know, different times, 2011, 2014, especially 2016, breakthrough 2018, huge breakthrough 2020, and I was reaching out to you even, and you were on the phone saying, don't be a bitch. Yeah, because about all I do. And so, dude, I'm just a dude out here hustling, I'm, uh, chasing my dreams, trying to build literally an empire online and take my messaging to millions and millions of people and touch. I want to touch the whole world with my message and just fucking crush it, dude. And I'm not stopping until it's, it, it, I'll keep going. And I have a message to be the bridge that helps guys get out of dead-end jobs, girls too, anybody. And start their own fucking business and build a six-figure business off the sweat, blood, and tears when people are telling them they can't do it. And that's my message. That's worthy of a fist bump right there. Mm -hmm. Boom. Wait, what was that? I I thought you were going to be like, boom, boom, boom. Well, no one saw that, but it was really awesome. So uh, I appreciate that. I I feel my street credit just went up. So, Well, here's the problem with what you just said. That's exactly what I want to do. So now we're direct competitors. And I must crush you. So let's um, do it. I don't think I can though. <laughs> <laughs> and then Quentin, so you, I see you do a lot of stuff with Keith, and I, th- I think you've got a lot of stuff you do without him. But, but who, who the hell are you? I mean, we know you're here. We know it's now, mm-hmm. and we know you are. I am. But if you can, <laughs> but if you can do us a solid, <laughs> what's that mean? <laughs> well, I think I have a lot of the same DNA that you guys have. 
being that I went through a bad divorce early 20, I think 2004, mm-hmm. and lost it all. I mean, I was making like 80000 It wasn't a lot of money, but for a young guy, I was like 24. That's a lot of money for a 24-year-old, and even today, 80K is a really good, that's a, like double the average salary of, of an adult. So that's, that's good yeah. money, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. But I went through a divorce, and when I went through the divorce, I didn't have any, like, skills. Like, I didn't have any skills for, like, to recover, right? So I remember going door-to-door, knocking on people's doors that see me, driving a nice car, nice Lexus, got repossessed. Everything got taken away. And I was in the same neighborhood. I strapped up. I remember putting the strap on a toolbox to go over my shoulder. I went door to door knocking. I'll do any service, anything mm-hmm. you want, any odds and ends. I'll cut, I'll cut your grass, trim your bushes, mm-hmm. anything, right? And I went through this whole new development, right? I was a young man that had pretty much lost his whole identity, right? I thought I was what I did, right? So when I lost my job, I was working for FedEx at the time, <clears throat> FedEx Ground, and I was a contractor. So I didn't have any insurance. I didn't have any, like, any help, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't know you can draw unemployment, like nothing, right? So I was just out there, you know, no family support at that time. And I remember just, like, being lost. And I said, what can I do that's an easy startup, right? And I said, I could clean, yeah. Right? So I started my first cleaning company. I didn't know you had cleaning companies. I I, I, I yeah. just assumed you were the 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 audio video guy, the movie nope. maker. So no, nope. nope. So when I started my cleaning company, uh, I remember going to all my clients at the time. You know, I was de- a delivery guy, right? So I remember striking up conversations and saying, "In case this job fails or this this doesn't work out with FedEx, I'm gonna see if I can make a contract or agreement with somebody like." I can start a cleaning company for a backup. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, I started making those relationships like months before all this happened, right? So I remember getting Bally Total Fitness, if you remember Bally Total Fitness. Yeah, Mm. that was my first like big contract. So I started doing that, still going through a divorce, still like figuring out who I was, right? So anyway, long story short, I ended up getting a cleaning company started off the ground for a minute. And I remember doing it at... um, Apartment cleaners. That was that was the peak of it. I, I did apartment cleanouts, right? Mm-hmm. I was working for this large apartment that had like thousands of residents. And at the time, the economy was really, really good. So nobody cared about getting their deposit back. So they wouldn't clean up after they left. So mm-hmm. it gave us a ton of stuff to clean, right? So we were doing like five or six a day and like $75 a pop, right? So we were making pretty decent money. Yeah. Just me and my wife, maybe an employee or two, and uh, paid all cash. And uh, it was great, right? And then all of a sudden, everything like stopped. I lost the contract, and I was like, oh, man, I'm the sales guy. I'm the worker. They want to see me at every job. You know how that mm-hmm. is. You stretch so thin. And I didn't like develop to the next level before that stage sort of dropped on me. So I was like, oh, I'm out here. So I had to redevelop myself, went back to school. Then that's when I went to film school. You know, I was, okay. doing, I was doing limos driving and stuff like that. Then I went back to film school, got remarried. You know, yeah, life started over. But I say I have a lot of DNA similar to you guys because – all the stuff that people talk about these conferences, I was right there. Like I wish I had the resources. Yeah, you know, I'd probably be cleaning next to Keith, like, or not yeah. cleaning, just you know, lawn, whatever it was, right? Yeah, and uh, that would have been great too. But you know, and what are you doing today? So right I mean, now, I'm doing 
films, commercials, promotionals, mm-hmm. uh, anything to help other businesses keep their image in front, in front of clients and customers and consumers, that polished, a nice polished front, you know? Do you do events? I do. You got I a do. team that you can bring? No, usually just myself or or if it's local, most times when it's local, I usually uh I, I usually hire my uh my friend who's a contractor who mm-hmm. does you know video work. Uh usually my son comes with me, my wife, you know, whatever whatever it may call for, we actually can produce whatever. I need to talk to you offline. Uh so the huge convention we're wanting to uh record everything. Okay. So let's talk. Okay. Yeah. Sure thing. If cool. it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But Quentin's that could the be cool. man, yeah. dude. Just look him up on Instagram, dude. Yeah. He he filmed the whole movie. It's on uh, Amazon Prime right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was tough. It was tough. You know, doing big projects. I'm sure you guys know. Anytime, what, 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 what's the movie? We, everyone, we oh, got to know what this movie is. Neon Detroit Nights. It's like a mix between Back Back to the Future, Bad Boys, and Miami Vice. Okay, so like all mixed into one. So yeah, it was all shot downtown at night in Detroit. That's so, the stuff I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. I saw some of, I saw as you were making it, okay. I, I saw you posted some of that stuff online. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys know anytime you take on a big project, it like everything that's attached to you is like a rocket ship. If it's not strapped down, <laughs> it's gonna shake it loose. Mm-hmm. And so everything went through my marriage, like everything attached to me. Yeah. Like I had to get everything more secure for the yeah. next launch. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the next launch you do. And he, that, that taught me a lot. So yeah. That's, well it's just, uh, that that's business, right? It's like if you, uh, I, I'm actually, you know, working through reading again the book Traction, and this time finally I'm going to implement the EOS system. That's my quarter two goal this year, and um, but that's that's the point is it's like if you don't have it locked down, you know, whether it's the buzzword of systemized or you know you don't have your SOPs in place and all that stuff, uh, growth can be very damaging, you know, because uh, what <laughs> it's kind of like the guys that. Uh, selling watermelons on the side of the road and they're losing like 50 cents per watermelon and one of them says dude how are we going to turn a profit and the other one says we're going to make it up on volume you know so it's like when you got a mess in your business more you know more business is not a fix you know we got to fix that stuff first so it's good stuff mm-hmm. so i feel like i interrupted you there i'm sorry i don't feel like i did i know i did no 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 you got me back on track that's all oh <laughs> So let's let's ask this for the sake of our audiences here. So there's three dudes here, and you know I'm not rich. But I'll, I'll tell you that I'm not you know yet. I'm I'm working on it, but I'm real happy with where I'm at in life. Um, you know I've I've chased the entrepreneur thing. It's serving me and my family well. Um, I'm this I'm pretty positive I can say the same about the two of you. Um, why why are we doing this thing you know like i kind of shared my story at the beginning but it's like i would raise my hand to this question i'm and keith you started early and you started early so i think you guys didn't but a lot of people like me won't start a business because we're 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 a bitch we're afraid we're afraid of what might happen or you know what have you why did you guys do it so early and why did it take me so damn long what's what's wrong with people like me so early well, yeah. I mean, you've been you were how old were you? I was I was thirty eight years old before I started my business, you know, ish. Uh, I started mowing lawns and knocking on doors when I was like fourteen. I started a little lawn care route, and then again when I was fifteen or sixteen, we started again in a different neighborhood, a different friend of mine, and then uh, that kind of failed. Another time when I was about fifteen, I started knocking on doors to clean windows, but I didn't have the confidence, and I quit. And hmm. by the time I was 
25, I started an Amazon business that I never talk about that failed miserably. Um, my, my basement was all stocked with products and, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, I've been in a bunch of different multi-level marketing stuff like Amway and going around getting people into these different, what they was call that stuff pe- good for you? Or oh, like, dude, it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, all the sales and marketing conferences and like, they call it like a pyramid scam, but it's mm-hmm. not, it's a real business, but, um, and I was stuck in dead end jobs for 12 years, slaving away for other people and dreaming, listening to hundreds of books and conferences and Tony Robbins and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the only, the, the thing that actually got me to start a business all the way, it took till I was 20, 27 or 28, um, is when I got in a car accident with no car insurance and the car insurance company sued me for damages. And I had met my wife and got engaged, and my back was so against the wall financially, and I was so broken in debt that now I didn't have a choice but to start a business because I literally couldn't find a job that was going to pay me enough money with my current education mm-hmm. or qualifications were nothing to be able to make enough money. So I started it. My nickname to my old boss was Side Job Keith. I was posting <laughs> on Craigslist every night after work, and I was going out all weekend. I work all day. I would literally come home sunburnt from a you know dead end lawn care job. Yep. Use the bathroom, scarf down some food, kiss my wife, exhausted. Go straight back out till dark every single day, hundred hours a week, and I was able to get my business off the ground in six weeks. Is all it took to replace my income, and then it was I never looked back. But it was pure terror yeah. that forced me uh, to do it. And you said, same here. But what it for me, it felt like it took forever because yeah. I come to these events and I meet these cats, twenty-one years old, doing a quarter million bucks. Yep. And I didn't have access to YouTube or any of that type of stuff, like Quentin was saying mm-hmm. back then. I wish I did, man, because I was listening to Tony Robbins and all these guys talking about these multi-million dollar businesses yeah. and real estate, and that stuff was frustrating me because I said, "Who is talking to the brand new guy just getting started?" Yep, that's how I became Keith Kelfus because cool. I became the guy who came out and talked about the startup struggles. So, but yeah, that's good. You know, for me, I, like I said, I was just. Uh, I'll tell you what's funny. I was just having this conversation. Uh, you know Michael Hinderleiter. Just uh, saw him this morning. Yeah, great he was. Just, he actually spent the morning with me here. I, this has been a great day for me. I got to hang out with Michael this morning, and and uh, now my hero Keith, uh, my new best friend Quentin over here. This, this is good stuff. The um, but uh, you know Michael, he had grown. For anyone that doesn't know, you can go to powerwash dot com, and that's Michael Hinderleiter's domain. But um. But he's a very successful entrepreneur, and he's got multiple businesses. and And I was talking to him, and I said, "You know, you probably don't get it." And he agreed with me. I said, "You probably don't see the fear or the scary part of starting a business because your dad was an entrepreneur and you grew up in it, and so there's probably this disconnect." And he goes, "No, there absolutely is." He goes, "When I hear people talk about that, he goes, it's a very foreign concept because it's all he ever knew." But like. You're a dude that, you know, essentially didn't know your elbow from your asshole as far as business, and you replaced your income in six weeks. Six weeks. And, you know, we, we essentially did the same. I didn't replace my income, but I we provided for ourselves instantly. You know, right away we were able to keep the lights on. And when, you're, when you haven't crossed over, because that was just a little over four years ago for me, when you haven't crossed over yet, and all you've known, when the system teaches you, you work really hard and you get promotions and 
hopefully you invested in your 401k and and if you do a really good job in life you can enjoy the last 10 years if you live that long you know and that's whether that's the plan or not that's what happens to us and you know i don't want to empathize with victims because i'm all about don't being a victim but the fact is we're all kind of victims of this this system and i'm I'm saying this right now because i know somebody is listening to this podcast that wants to be an entrepreneur they want to start their own business but they do have that fear and the crazy thing is it's really really easy to replace a basic income doing anything you can pick up dog poop and replace you know an average income um it's not so easy to build a business that is independent of you but if you just don't want to work for someone else that part's actually really easy hmm. as long as you're cool with rejection and as long as you're cool with busting your ass for for a while to get over that that hump i mean you always got to bust it but at the it's kind of like the airplane getting off the ground you know that first part you know is the hardest part oh yeah and uh yeah that's, that's why i i always i dream like when i was a little kid i would daydream about you know owning a business not even knowing what that looked like it was just kind of like where my head always was but i'd never had the guts to do it and now that i've done it i'm like what the hell was wrong with me you know it's like you look back it's like how much time did i waste making other people rich instead of you know achieving my own goals my own dreams and being able to hang out at Disney World, you know, a couple of days a week and the cigar bar, the rest. That's, that's cool stuff. It's very interesting when you have a, uh, well, a service-based business because there's always somebody. And if there's not, you just haven't networked with them yet or found out how to get that person to connect. They're always, they're, they're always ready to write a check. Please, I need yeah. you. I've been looking for you. Please. I mean, you have so many people calling you and begging you to take their money to come quote unquote clean their stuff or provide mm-hmm. that service that a service businesses i mean dude it's instant there's there's two books i read that made me have a breakthrough uh when i was starting my business one mark victor hansen who's one of the authors of all the chicken soup for the soul books mm-hmm. they wrote a book called cash in a flash okay never heard that one uh, this book was it was a fun read i gobbled up this entire book it was a couple hundred pages but uh and uh, Mar- uh, Spencer Howard Johnson has a book called Who Moved My Cheese? Anybody I've never that? read that. I've heard it recommended so many times, and I've never read it. I, mean, I could tell you. The I'm book. not a big reader. I, I read books, but it's like it's a chore for me. You know, I, I'm, even audio is kind of tough for so me. So people are terrified of rejection and things like that. If I could talk about Who Moved Your Cheese, if you throw some mice inside of a maze and you put cheese in a corner, they'll go and they'll find it, and they'll eat the cheese. When the cheese is gone... The mice will kind of, they'll, the mice will bump their heads up against the wall for a couple minutes and, and then, where's the cheese? Oh, I guess it's gone. So they'll bounce and they'll, they'll just keep looking around the maze and they'll keep looking until they find more cheese. Mm-hmm. And that's the, how, that's the pattern of a mice and God made mice, let's just say. And, but when you put humans in a maze and you do the same thing, it could be a job, it could be cash, it could be opportunity. When that thing is gone, they don't ever uh, usually wake up and say, uh, oh, it's gone. Okay, well, let's go look somewhere else for opportunity. Excuse me. They'll literally start banging their head against mm-hmm. the wall until they go insane and starve to death and die in that corner. Yeah. And so we've been trained and conditioned in a job to go find another job. Like the, the, the rejection of entrepreneurship, of getting turned down all the time, 
Yeah. That's what I think people are terrified. They think they're going to starve to death. Mm-hmm. And until you can get to a point where you turn on your deal flow and you understand marketing advertising, it's just a faucet that you can. Yeah. Well, here's, you know what people don't realize, like on this not starting your own business thing, is when the, because um, there's that fear of, well, can I provide for myself? Can I grow this thing? Can I, well, it, you know, if you're that one listener that's like on the edge trying, you know, I want to do it, but I'm scared. It's like, who do you think is growing these businesses? It's you. It's just someone else is getting the profit from it. So you're the guy that's already growing the business anyway. You might as well grow it for yourself instead of just growing it for someone else. You know, that's, and, and I think uh, failure is kind of, I think failure is, um, what's, what's the, how am I trying to say this? It's looked at the wrong way. Failure, I always looked at it as such a, a negative, you know, where in reality, you know, I made a post that it, it popped up on my, my memories on Facebook the other day. And it was kind of a, it's kind of a silly post looking back at it, but it's still the truth. And I said, you know, I never thought I would say this, but failure is a part of my plan now. And I used to be scared of it, but now all I realize is every time I fell, that means I was pushing to get to a goal and I found a way not to do it and that's okay. And then I'm going to, I, every time I do like a presentation live, I always talk, I say, we need to be like the Raptors from Jurassic Park. And now, do you know where I'm going on that or no? Keep going. I'm just, I'm so absorbing we, we need to be like the Raptors from Jurassic Park where, uh, the original movie. So I'm old enough to remember that. I went to the movie theater and saw it because I'm an old son of a bitch. But, uh, but there's, there's a part, you don't even see the scene, but they talk about it. And they say the Raptors were trying to get out of the electrical, electric, electric fence area. And they were systematically attacking the fence. They, they said, okay, there's a fence. It's electrified. Let's see if that part's weak. And they would run and they would hit the fence. And they'd get shocked. And that was their failure. That was, okay, I found out this is not where I can get through the fence. And then they backed up. And they redirected about a degree, and then they ran forward, and they hit the fence a couple feet over. Got shocked, learned another way not to do it, backed up, redirected, wash, rinse, repeat. Guess what? They eventually found the weakness. And, you know, it's not to say that we should not educate ourselves and learn from other people. You know, what Michael Hinderleiter was saying today, a smart person will learn from his own mistakes, and a wise person will learn from other people's. So. Mm. Yeah. Let's learn from other people's mistakes. However, we're still going to have some of our own, and don't look at failure as that bad thing. So I'm I, I'm still talking to you, you entrepreneur, the one entrepreneur that's listening to this episode. You know, failure is a good thing. You're you're going to fail. You're the guy that's already building the business anyway. You're just making the other person rich. Uh, be cool with the failure. Don't worry about what other people look, uh, you know, see from the outside and, and keep attacking the fence until you find the weakness and then break through that son of a bitch and live your dream, you know? And, and then I think I almost misspoke at the end, the, the, the attacking the fence, the failure is a part of the dream because when you start your own business, you, you have more stresses than you have in someone else's business because every problem is now your problem. Mm. But I think the key word is your problem. It's yeah. yours. You're I, not, it's, not, it's not your problem, but it really belongs to the, the jackass in the corporate office halfway across the country that's unhappy with the number on the spreadsheet. It's yours. It's worth it. Now it is my monkeys and my circus, and so it's okay. It's worth you know running around and managing because it's part of the dream. And uh, 
so I'm going to quote a great philosopher, and then I'll let you speak, Keith, because <laughs> I'm dominating. The great philosopher, um, Miley Cyrus, it's the climb. It's not about the peak. It's, it's about the climb. It's about <laughs> the dollars and everything in between. It. It's the climb. Yeah. Uh, I want to back up about what you were saying. Uh, this tendency that I had, this change in my life also, is was I was looking at everything in all or none. In absolutes, I was thinking, and black or white, all or none, it's soaking wet or bone dry. What I mean by that is uh, and it was, I think this is bad programming because getting around guys like you and getting around to live events and getting around you know, uh, multiple six- and seven-figure entrepreneurs started mm-hmm. teaching me the theories of like split testing. Let's say, for instance, you want to raise your prices. Well, if you get a couple clients in a row that are uh, cheap or you undercut a job, I, I mean, you under quote a job mm-hmm. and, and you work very, very hard and yep. you make barely there, anything done that. and you're so upset and you're driving back in your truck and the sun is and, and you've got bills coming in and that stress will get to you and you might form a belief that that's all that exists. That's what's going on. Mm-hmm. There's no money out here. What do you mean? I've already tried. You'd be a bitch. And mm-hmm. you start thinking, no, I've already tried. I've gone to the rich neighborhoods. I've done this. I've done the marketing. And all these people are so effing cheap. And it's like, and I can't compete with it. Like, there you go. You're creating a story yeah. of why it doesn't work because you think you have real data. And you do have data. You have some real data. You have some but real data. But you need data. to watch Star Wars, bitch. Tell me. Well, it's real simple. Yoda fixed it. Everyone knows it. Don't don't try this thing. You do it. You do or you do not. And some, you know, uh, Keith. Okay, I interrupted you again. Is it cool? Can I just interrupt you? No, you picked right up on what I was putting down. Okay. So go on. Well, I think you know. I, okay, so I, in the corporate world, I uh, I play, had a lot of different roles. I was a sales manager. I was an operations manager. Then I was a general manager, and then I was a VP over a region and all this stuff. And I managed a lot of salespeople, you know, I mean, a lot for me. I probably had yeah, 20 plus sales guys at any one given time, which by the way sucks because uh, <laughs> salespeople are not fun to manage, but because uh, <laughs> good one, because bad ones are bad ones and good ones are the hardest people on the planet to, le- to lead because they're divas, you know, but, um, but the reason I'm bringing them up, uh, I was in um i had two markets in oklahoma oklahoma city and tulsa the tulsa market had the best sales team on the freaking planet they was number one in the country they were amazing oklahoma city was really good just not nearly as good as the other one so guess what would happen when i'm in oklahoma city talking to those guys you don't understand it's different here that's that's the key phrase you don't understand it's different here we don't have whatever it is the guys in Tulsa have. Oh, you're getting on that Tommy Mello shit now. I, well, I haven't heard Tommy talk about this, but if he talks about this, I'm all on board with that. And then and then I'd go to Tulsa and say, hey, guys, we need to, you know, you, you wouldn't want them to improve 50% because they're the best. Like, hey, we need a 10% increase. You don't understand, Bob. It's different here. We're so good, we've saturated the market, which is a bunch of BS because guess what? There's 30 other security companies that are still around, so nothing's saturated. You're not special, and you can be better. And then I, I, you know, so I lived that that life for a long time, dealing with that frustration. I relocate down to South Florida, Fort Lauderdale, take over a new area that we had, we're trying to turn around. Guess what their sales team told me? Exact words, shit you not, you don't understand, it's different here. Then I relocate to Virginia, and I have an office in Norfolk and an office in Richmond. 
Can you guess what both sales teams said about each other and in reference to all the other sales teams I've led? You don't understand it's different here. Getting to the point is you're not special, sweetheart. Your market's not different. Your market doesn't suck. You suck, and you're blaming it on your market. And you tr we try these things. We try it. We've, quote, unquote, proven it doesn't work. But then someone else in your market's doing it. I'll use one more example, and then I'll try to get to the, the real meat here. But, you know, Google reviews. I'm pretty damn good at that. I got about 600 reviews. We've been in business for a little over four years. We're doing really, really good. 600. I, I teach people how to get Google reviews. And I have people tell me, oh, that doesn't work where I'm at. I can pull my phone out. I'll say, what, what city do you live in? I live in such and such city. I can pull my phone out and I can find God knows how many businesses that have been left Google reviews. So the problem, again, is not your market. It's you. So when these people do these things that you're talking about and they go out there and they try it and, and, and what have you, that's the key word is they tried it. And my, my philosophy, my internal mentality when I'm doing things, like if I was trying clip flyers, you know, which is a real controversial way of marketing, you know, and always uh, sparks arguments and debates online. When I'm trying whatever... I, I say to myself, I'm going to prove that this thing doesn't work before I ever quit. Wait, hey, quick plug. Actually, Bobby Walker is inside of my Business Marketing Blueprint online course. It's keithkelfus.com forward slash BMB. And he teaches his strategy about positive five-star reviews. Yeah. I just thought of that just now. It's, it's good actually, stuff, it's actually. It's really yeah, good, dude. It works. 600 reviews. Dude, you're making me see something right now about taking ownership. Yeah taking ownership of whatever that thing you perceive to be a problem mm -hmm. or taking ownership of your marketing or that your five-star review system. You know, if someone hears about it, yeah, that's a good idea. I'd like to try that. Oh, that sounds hard. I'm too busy. Uh, and it goes down the stream. It doesn't get implemented and baked into the business. So a uh, quick question. You've, you're, you're a huge student and you've been to a lot of conferences. Mm -hmm. You're friends with a lot of these top guys that are even business coaches. Yep. How do you make the time to expand without burning out your bandwidth to integrate new things in? Do you, do you say this quarter we're going to do this and next quarter? How, do you, how, do you, how, yeah. how are you moving so quickly and uh, allotting time and energy not only to put it in, but you have to learn and, and, and ingest this stuff and mm -hmm. understand it, right? Yeah. That's a great question. So <clears throat> it's actually a pretty simple answer. First off, there's a good book. You only need to read the first half of it. It's called The 12-Week Year. The 12-Week Year? Yep. Uh, I think I have it here, but I can't remember. But Is that uh, Dan Sullivan? I can't. Honestly, I don't think it is, but I can't, I can't remember, remember the okay, author. Yeah, I can't remember the author. But uh, And then I use this planner that's not made by the same guy, but it's called The Full Focus Planner. Michael Hyatt? Michael Hyatt. And But the, but the two philosophies are the same, which is, you know, I'll try to keep this answer real short. As humans, we can't really stay focused for a year, but we're trained to set annual goals and yada, 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 and, you know, reach for the stars. And, and it's why, you know, gyms love January because they get all this money and then no one shows up after the second or third week because we set these big ass goals. And then when you fail once or twice, it feels like you're just way too far behind now for a year. So the, uh, it's really kind of a trick uh, to help your mind stay focused, but I've adopted through uh, this that business uh, business bourbon and bullshit mastermind, the BBB, yeah, the, that I'm a part of, and you've been to. Um, we we plan out our quarters, and that has helped a lot. So what we do is we uh, every quarter we you know we look at some basic things like you know what are we going to eliminate completely, 
what tasks and what people are we going to eliminate? What tasks and people are we going to delegate? Um, what new entrepreneurial ideas are we going to add to our lives this quarter? What, uh, uh, you know, what new projects, what processes are we going to revamp, so on and so forth. And we, but we don't overload ourselves. So anywhere from three to seven is probably the sweet spot on what we call success criteria. You could call it a goal, but we say it's our success criteria. If we achieve these things in quarter X, quarter X was a success. And, uh, and then you keep it real short, sweet and simple. And then it's incremental growth. And then a, a mindset that I'm working really hard to adopt and I'm getting better at that Mike Dolkey always beats me over the head about is focus on the gain, not the gap. So you're not going to achieve every goal every quarter. And you're probably not going to achieve every goal any quarter, probably, not all of them. So don't beat yourself up on the gap. Oh, I didn't get to the finish line. That's the gap. But the gain, the, you know, it was a 100-yard race. Well, we got, to, we got 90 yards down the field. We, we, we achieved 90 yards of progress, but we're beating ourselves up because we were 10 yards short. Well, what if we achieved 90 yards of progress every quarter? What if we developed one new habit every quarter? What if we, uh, what if we delegated one significant task a quarter? Two years down the road, life's a lot different, a lot better. So um, the key, I think, is you know, that, that quote Dave Ramsey loves. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You know, so breaking it down into bite-sized stuff, because once we plan our quarter, the planners that we talk about, we use the full focus planner, it helps us break it down into the weekly and the daily. So now every day, uh, which I'm, I was lazy today, I didn't, I didn't make a big three for my day, but every day I write down the three big tasks that I need to achieve my weekly goals. And my weekly goals point towards my quarterly goals, and the quarterly goals point towards the long-term goals. So take all that and then combine that with the who not how yeah yeah because you can't do all that stuff yourself you have to mm -hmm. find people well, to and that's help that, you that goes to the elimination and the de delegation part effective leaders you know you and i have both struggled with it you know and i and i you know just being a friend looking on the outside in is is probably one of your bigger struggles uh in and i know you've solved a lot of it lately but you know delegation is it so so easy to do it yourself it's actually really hard to do it yourself but it's so easy to get trapped into feeling like you got to do it yourself and so i think um a sign of a great leader is a great delegator another big understanding so i, I i'm a numbers guy i love to sit down some a sunday morning i'll pop open a sketchbook book i've got my quickbooks my PL statements i look at my media business they got two bit two different businesses and i'm looking how much what's the revenue coming in what do i want to like this year i want to hit i want to hit a half a million bucks in revenue in 2020 nice right mm -hmm. and i uh, totally believe i can do it I have to obviously increase a lot of sales and and blow the doors off with the marketing, right? Mm -hmm. And then once the process is down, it's it's, it's going to be fine. But what, what I'm saying here is, mm -mm, give me one second. I just had it. I, it just to, maybe I can refresh your memory. Yeah. I was talking about delegation and the struggling of you feeling like you got to do it all yourself and and uh, good leader oh, yeah, as a yeah. delegator. Yeah. So. I look at my service business. I'm like, wait a second. We're operating off a, I'm a 35% net profit with me. Uh, not so much working of everything in the field, but I'm still in the field every day. I'm talking to customers and I'm selling, I'm mm -hmm. setting up the guys. So they know, you know, getting them the tools that they need. I'll jump in and I'll help them start the job. Then I, I run around and I come back. And if I have to hop in, I'm, I'm a firefighter yeah. in my business. Mm -hmm. And I say, Oh my God, if I go out and hire 
this this key man that I need to make right now to um because I got office support, but I need a dedicated office manager and a dedicated key man. Yep. There goes all my profit. I'm never going to make any money. That's why I started. I'm not going to make any money now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to triple my business just to make my salary back because I pay myself a salary. Mm-hmm. And as I talk to business owners that have been through all this shit, they're like, no, 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 no. You don't lose all your – you're not just going to be broke. Your profit margins are going to drop down to maybe 13% mm-hmm. or to 18% or 9%. Mm-hmm. And it, when you're measuring that ratio, it's not all or none. That's yeah. what I was thinking. All, oh, my God, I'm going to be broke. Yep. That, that doesn't even fucking make any sense. It's – no, the numbers are going to change, but I'll be freed up. And I have to because my media business is so busy now. We have a 66% profit margin of that. Nice. But it's because the, there's no bottleneck of physical deliverable mm-hmm. and all the payroll. is It's all virtual assistants and mm-hmm. stuff like that, which they get paid as uh, contractors, but they're not on, you know, and they're part-time. But I'm actually talking this out right now. But, uh, <laughs> but what, what I'm seeing is I ha- I'm stepping back and I have to create these quote-unquote systems and frameworks. And it was really uh, – I've been a, a struggle last year, but I was able to pull it off until I got the right people in place. Mm-hmm. And now they're settled in. Like you don't just hire somebody and then they immediately your problem solved. It yep. actually gets worse until they learn what they're doing and you get mm-hmm. it all down and you find the right – Well, especially t- at first. Yeah. Now like – once you've got systems in place, you can hire someone and almost from day one, life is better. If you've got your training stuff in place and whatever. But, in place. But so, when it's your first hire or your first mm. couple of hires, life sucks. <laughs> You're like, yeah. why did I do this? <laughs> and I miss the days of being able to just throw on my uh, headphones and listen to books and work. Mm-hmm. And But now for me to go do the work, that's insanity to me. Yep. I can't. I don't have time to do it. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, you got the $10 an hour work, $100 yeah. work, $1,000 an hour work. And I finally am starting to be able to identify what $1,000 an hour work looks like. And that's, I'm in the middle of closing a big client right now. Mm-hmm. That's $1,000 an hour work. I'm in the middle of tweaking the marketing to make more leads flowing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, me going out and picking up shrub trimmers or a squeegee is not $1,000 an hour work. No. And if you get yourself in a position where you're stuck doing all of that, then you actually never get to the $1,000 an hour. You might get to it one hour a week or something. And um, I learned this stuff from Dan Sullivan, too. And I have a long, long way to go, and that's why I'm around you guys. Yeah. Well, don't we all, right? Um, it, I don't know, Keith. This has been, oh, again, yeah. it's real uh, It's real poetic for me to be be getting to sit here and and hang out with you and 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 do this thing uh being an entrepreneur is a cool thing and and like i said even all these struggles and stuff it's like the beauty of it is is like as you're working on it you're working on you as you're as you're fixing the problem you're fixing your problems you're not fixing other people's problems you know and um that's I think that's the beauty of it for me. That's why I love it is, you know, um, she may not be pretty, but she's mine, you know, and, and uh, I love it. And I don't know. I wish I had another good movie reference for you, but I think I think Raptors and Yoda were, were good. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, one last thing I want to say. We checked into our hotel here in Orlando, 
And usually, if we're f- somewhere for a week, I'm going. I'm g- I'm Ubering or getting a rental car, going to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. I need a case of water. We need stuff to make sandwiches. I want some of my honey nut Cheerios. Yeah. And I was carrying the groceries, dragging them in. You know, you when you get off a plane and you're hustling, bust through airports, and you check in your hotel, you just want to take a shower and sit the fuck down mm-hmm. for a minute. Yeah. And when you don't get that, you know, so I'm pulling all the groceries. And sometimes you ever pull groceries and then it's falling out of the bags and the mayonnaise rolls or something. And I was like huffing and puffing and I started to be a bitch getting into our hotel room. And I was like, I'm, I was like, wait a second. I caught myself quick this time. I'm like, wait a second. I'm being a victim. I'm living my dreams. I'm on vacation right now. My wife and my dogs are with me. I'm the keynote speaker at this event. And, and I dropped bi- mayonnaise, and I'm being a bitch about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, in that instant reframe, and that's why it's so important to have these people in your life that mm-hmm. can. Um, what, what does an expert get paid for? Their perspective. Mm-hmm. That's really what they get paid for. To have these people in your life that have gone through all this, they can turn your perspective around in two seconds and yeah. make you see your problem as an opportunity. And I'm so grateful for it. Yeah, I'm grateful for you, man. Yeah, love you, bro. Uh, Listen, I know uh, I could talk for hours, but I know you've got stuff to do uh, with the, the, the event here. But, Keith, before we sign off, where do people uh, where, where do my people need to go to learn more about you? Yeah, you can hit me up on YouTube is the best way to find me. We just hit 100,000 subscribers, 25 what? million views. My podcast, Untrapped Podcast, on all major platforms, hit a quarter million downloads. Come check that out. We're on Instagram at Keith Kelfas. But if you just type in my name, K-E-I-T-H-K-A-L-F-A-S on YouTube, uh, pop right up thousands of videos to watch check me out and then my website is keith that's good and then uh for me uh journey of a new entrepreneur on youtube or facebook um it's not a pretty website because i made it myself eventually i'll upgrade it but you can go to no and you can find my youtube and my podcast and and all that stuff on there but everything's called journey of a new entrepreneur so so uh to all of the keith calfus people out there guys you're lucky to be one of his listeners uh i'm one of his listeners and uh keith such an honor to uh, do something else with you again every time we talk i love it it just kind of flows it's not work you know we just i don't know i think we're on the same wavelength and uh i appreciate it and i'll sign off with this unless you got something else because that's what i always say at the end is you know if you're not doing the things that you want to do in life you better have a damn good reason for it but if you're not pursuing those things there's no good reason for it peace it's good peace Peace.